welcome to the Wilco Podcast. Worship Leaders Collective is a worship community of over 32,000 worship leaders from 99 countries around the world. You can check us out online at worshipleaderscollective.com or type in Worship Leaders Collective on Facebook to get connected for free today. Our hope is to help equip you with the tools and resources you need so that you can be who God's called you to be and do what He's called you to do. You've been called for such a time as this. Listen up as we dive into another episode of the Wilco Podcast. Hey y'all, welcome to the Wilco Podcast. This is Jenny McGrew and this is episode number 20 with special guest Seth Mosley. Seth is a songwriter, he's a producer, he's the founder and team leader at Full Circle Music Academy. He's a Grammy and Dove Award winner. He has written 31 or co-written 31 number one hits. So just know that as you're listening up today, Seth really knows what he is talking about. Uh, But beyond that, Seth really has a heart to help people um, be who God has called them to be. So listen up, get ready. If you're a songwriter, if you're a creative, this is really going to inspire you and encourage you to keep going. Hey guys, really excited to have uh, in the house today and in the studio today, actually with us, Seth Mosley. Seth Mosley is a prolific uh, songwriter. He's a producer, um, singer, family guy, a a lot more than that, mentor, equipper. And uh, he runs a thing called, and we're going to talk about at the end, um, called Full, Full Circle Worship Academy. Actually, I think it's Full Circle Music Academy. Let me, let me just reiterate that. Um, but we're just really excited to have him today. You guys are hearing from uh, a wealth of knowledge, um, but not just knowledge and not just information, but I really can see that there's just a really strong and big heart behind this. And I can just really see the grace of God all over Seth. We were just talking about that just a moment ago, but um, I just want to give Seth the floor just to tell us a little bit about who he is. And uh, then we're just going to, you know, just get chatting here for a little bit and hopefully just kind of open up the conversation about singing, songwriting, and producing in this season. So welcome, Seth. Thanks for being with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I, I love love worship leaders. I love worship music. And mm-hmm. it's actually a big part of how I got started. Like my first mm-hmm. foray into music was through my church. And I just got up on stage and started playing, you know, playing guitar. And then we I went on a mission trip when I was in like seventh grade. And on that mission trip, I somehow wound up getting asked to come up on stage and lead some songs. And I had never sung in front of anybody before. And it was this crazy God moment where I was like playing and leading these songs that I had never played before. And I just knew every word and chord. And it was this just crazy experience. And I just knew from that moment that music was whatever, however God would use it. Like music was, was, was why I was put here on this earth. So, um, Worship definitely has a very big place in my heart. Like you said, we have the Full Circle Music Academy that not only serves worship leaders, but songwriters of, of all types, of all genres. I write music across the genre spectrum, um, have written a lot of, in the worship space, but have, have definitely done a lot outside of it as well. And my heart is to really serve songwriters of, of all types. And so we've been fortunate to work with thousands of songwriters and see people uh just have their journeys changed being, being on the, uh, being on the ride as well as me getting to, uh, do my day job. I always sort of forget that like the the Academy is kind of 
still a little bit of a side thing for me. Like it's I, my, my day job is still, I'm, I'm writing, I'm producing, I'm right here in the studio that, that you're, you're watching me and working and co-writing with artists and making records. And so I'm just so, so thankful to be able to do this day after day. And like you said, I've got a wife, married, beautiful wife and two little girls, ages three and six. So thanks so much for having me today. Yeah. So fun. You've got a lot on the go. Um, and it's clearly that you have given your whole life to this, you know, like this, and like you said, like, this isn't just something that you do clear that this is who you are. Uh, I'm just wondering how old were you when you wrote your first song? Oh man. Um, Ish. I guess it would have started as instrumental music. That's actually, that's a great question. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that before, but uh, I used to have this boom box when I was taking piano lessons when I was a kid and I had like an electric piano and I had this boom box that had two cassette tapes, like one next to each other. And I would record this like, like a drum beat. And then I figured out that you could take the tape, put it in the other side, hit play, and then record a piano on top of that. So it was all just instrumental. Like I didn't, I, I probably was singing something on top of it, but yeah, five or six years old was that, that would have been, been the start. But as far as like actual proper songs, like my own writing, I would say started to take shape in middle school. And uh, like everybody, I think we all go through a John Mayer phase. He was, he was kind of coming onto the scene and I, I, I did a lot of acoustic kind of coffee house type music at that time. And um, yeah, been just been writing ever since. Wow. I love it. And what song have you written? Do you think that's got it? That's had its um, to date widest reach for you or whoever you've written with, you know, cause I know you co-write as well. Oh man. Um, that's actually a really tough one. Cause I write across all different genres and it's, it's hard to say which, which one has the biggest, I mean, there's, I write with a band called Skillet that is more in the rock world. And, you know, one of one, a song I had with them is, I think it just crossed over like three or 4 billion streams or something just by itself. Um, so that was a pretty big one with them called feel invincible. Um, the for King and country stuff has a big reach in, in another sense. Like uh, I wrote a song with them called priceless that they ended up making them they kind of ended up making a movie around this whole thing and that ended up being a big number one song and it actually got played a lot on mainstream radio and then in the country world i've i've worked with a lot of different people there too but um have had some big songs with with the band high valley that have it's it's hard to say which has kind of been like the biggest but it's yeah i would say the first one that really put me on the map and really why i Call my, call, call my company Full Circle Music is because it was with this band Newsboys. And I, I actually grew up listening to Newsboys. My first CD I got when I was a kid in 1995 was their record, Take Me to Your Leader. It was, oh, come on. It was so good. So good. And so I grew up listening to them. But then that, the first label record I produced when I moved to Nashville was Newsboys Born Again. So that was where the whole Full Circle thing came from. It was just all these Full Circle God moments have been able to work with these people I grew up listening to. Um, whether it's them or Ricky Skaggs or, you know, Michael W. Smith or just all these different amazing people. And um, so, yeah, that was an extremely long answer to the question. You probably didn't even ask, but no, it's great. A little bit of background. <laughs> I, th I think my favorite thing about what you just said was you talked about newsboys, like nobody's heard of them. <laughs> well, you just just like never, <laughs> I write with people across all genres. So it's like, you just, yeah. I just never know, you know, I mean, people like a lot of the kids, yeah. like up and coming, like young kids, I mean, they don't know all those 
old records. And I guess Newsboys is still pretty active, but um, but yeah, I just I just never know, and I never I never want to assume that people know these things that I've I've been a part of. You know, you're right because like uh, my kids are in university, so like they're you know just like you know 19, 20. And I'll mention like Amy Grant or Michael W. Smith or even like Darlene Check, and they're like Darlene who, Darlene, you know. And I'm not. Exactly. I, I have so much respect for these people, you know. And I give them, you know, the highest of honor when I say that. But I'm like, oh yeah, I guess, you know. So yeah, I totally yeah. see where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's dive into some songwriting stuff um, because it's clear this is this is your thing. Like this is your thing, and producing as well, obviously, because you said that's your day job. Um, but you know, when I look at your Instagram post and you guys should follow, I think it's the Seth Mosley on Instagram, uh, right now, press pause. <laughs> if you're driving, don't do it while you're driving, but you should follow him. Um, cause this guy is just dropping gold every single day and he really believes in you. You could tell that like, you just, you just have such a heart, Seth, just to equip and help release and raise up people. Well, yeah. Can, um, I, can I speak to that really quick? Just because yeah, totally. I know for me, like I didn't have any musical training growing up. My family was not in the music industry. I, I didn't go to college for it. Like I still can't read music. I'm not the greatest singer. I'm not the, I, I'm, I can play a lot of different instruments, but I'm not like amazing at any one of them. So I think so many people, like, I just feel so fortunate that really, if I can do it, then anybody can do it. And so that's where a lot of the belief comes from is like, you, you, you don't have to be the most talented. You don't have to be the most uh, networked or, or equipped. You, you kind of just have to say yes to the calling. It's that old adage of, you know, God doesn't uh, qualify the, 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 or God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And I just believe that's, that's the case. So that's, that's a lot of why we do what we do on the Academy side. Oh, come on. That was so good. We're going to post that on our Instagram, what you just said there, that's going to encourage a lot of people uh, what's one of the, what's a good piece? I don't know if I say the best piece, because I think you probably feel like a lot of things could be the best piece, but something that comes to your mind just to talk to songwriters about like a piece of advice that you could give. Um, just any, just general advice. General advice. First thing and that comes to your mind. I think people underestimate the sheer value of quantity and like writing a, a ton like so many new writers, I would say the common thing is, Hey, I wrote this song. What do you think of it? And I'm like, cool. It's, it's, it's fine. You know, or maybe it's not fine, but then, then they think, okay, well, what do I do with it now? Well, I want to say to them, okay, go write 500 more of these or a hundred more of these. And so many people don't realize like, you know, not everybody success is not going to be the same for everybody. Like for, for, for a very small few group of people, and I'm talking a small group of people, like it could become your living. Like you make your full-time living off of it. You're winning awards. You're hitting the number ones. You're hitting Grammys. But I think for most people, songwriting isn't really even about that. It's, it's more so that they feel like they have something to say and songwriting is the way they want to express that. And probably because another song has impacted them. And so even for people who are wanting to sort of do it on the what I would call like the non-professional side. And there's nothing wrong with that. It You still have to not discount the value of quantity and just doing it a lot, like a lot more than you probably think. Yeah. Okay. So let's kind of just define a lot. Like, you know, say someone aspiring, just starting, or let's just say average, that might be, you know, let's just go middle of the road. How many songs, if, you know, if you were average, obviously you're not average, you're 
above average and then some. But how many songs would you suggest people be writing a week or at least pushing to? I mean, if you're talking just like middle of the road, just to get better and just to be doing a lot, like if you can finish one a week, I mean, that's 52 a year, like finished, mm -hmm. demoed out, like done, then you're, you're doing pretty good. Like you're, I think you're ahead of 90% of people. Right. And that's totally doable. I, I don't think that's defeating at all. Like that's something that we could all do as writers. Easy. Ex exactly. And it's, it's a different level when you like talk about full time because then it, then you're into the hundred plus songs a year, 120, 130 songs a year. But again, that's not, that's not what everybody needs to be doing or even wants to be doing. Right. Uh, I was in Nashville last month and uh, working with the crew down there. Um, and so I actually got called into a co-write online on zoom, just like this. And this guy, um, I won't mention his name, but he's a sweetheart of a guy, but he said, Oh, there's too many worship songs being written today. He's like, it's just too many, too many. And then it just got me thinking, you know, just how infinite God is or just how infinite creativity is, you know, because God is the author of creativity and, you know, saved or not saved, he's put that all inside of us. So just asking you as someone who's written a lot of songs and is super passionate about writing songs, is it possible to write too many songs? Like, do you think? I don't think there's ever too many. No, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I think, especially when you're writing worship music, like I, what I find is when I'm writing country or really anything outside of worship, yeah, you can get a little burned out and you can run out of things to say, but there is something different when you sit down to write a worship song and, and yeah, there are a lot of them. And technically that person was right. The world doesn't need another worship song. God doesn't need another worship song. He doesn't really need right. anything from us, but it's amazing that there is always something new to be said. Mm. But at the same time, that's the hard part. Like, how do you do that? It's really hard to say those same truths in a new, fresh way. And that's where the, the craftsmanship comes in. And that's where like, it's more than just being inspired. Like that's where you got to really dig in and work on it as a craft, as a discipline. And right. so I agree somewhat with what he said. I, I just don't think there's ever going to be a, uh, an end. Like it just, you were right. good. There's always going to be something new to write. Right. It makes me think of something uh, my son said when he was little, we were driving down the highway and he asked my husband, and he said, dad, and he was just two years old, you know, like your kid's age, you know? And he was like, when was God born? And my husband was just like, whoa, wow. like that's a really deep question, you know? Cause when we think of that everlasting, you know, God always was, and he always will be. So, you know, you know, tying it in and paralleling it with creativity, but really not even paralleling Man, it that is part of who God is. That is such a deep question, man. And that's a great song. If somebody out there who's listening to that, like if you could write the song, when was God born or when we were born, like that's, that, that would be an amazing, amazing thing. <laughs> yeah. Just amazing, you know, and for us to really realize that there is, you know, he's alpha and omega beginning and the end and everything in between, but really when was that beginning and where is that end? you know? So, you know, tying it in with writing, tying in with creativity, you know, wherever the boundary lines are few, there, there, there's just none. There's none. So yeah, it's infinite um, for sure. For sure. Okay. So uh, one of your Instagram posts, you had um, posted about how to write a hit song. And, you know, I know a lot of people are like, 
I just want to write a hit song. I just want to write a hit song. I don't know if that's always, you know, the goal. Maybe it is the goal. Probably not going to write one on day one, but hey, people have. Um, but probably not, you know. Um, but what do you think makes a hit song? Man, there's so much, and it really depends on on every genre is going to have different definitions and different little rules and quirks and idiosyncrasies. Worship music has its own set of rules and quirks and idiosyncrasies. Um, you know, we're in the process, even just today, right before we hopped on this call, we're producing a record for Thrive Worship. That's, you know, they're, they're, a, they're a, a, a church out of California and we've just done a lot of stuff with them, but helping them make like a radio arrangement out of a 10 minute song, like, what is going to be a hit song live, like a live record version is going to be wildly different than like what you would turn on the radio and hear. So the thing that I would say that are the commonalities, and we talk about this on, uh, on, a, uh, on, uh, on some trainings that we do that we call the hit song formula, and really it's three parts. And, you know, the first, the first essentially starts with knowing the structure. And like I said, that structure could be different from genre to genre, but like, what does a traditional worship song do? Like, what's the arrangement? I mean, we can all point out that usually there's a there's an intro, there's a verse, there's a chorus, a, a second verse, a, and then a, a second chorus, and then the bridge is really when it starts to like unfold and starts to build and build and build, and then a last chorus. And then if you're doing it live, you probably go back into the bridge again, and then into the chorus again. So there is a structure to it. Like, it's just knowing that, and it's surprising how many people try to write songs that just contextually make no sense because they're just either not paying attention to the structures of things that work, or they have this actually kind of like a pride issue where they think, oh, well, I don't need to follow the rules. I can do whatever I want and it's going to be awesome and people are going to love it. That's just not the case. Like there are reasons certain chords progressions work. There are right. reasons that certain time signatures you know, three, four, and four, four, like they evoke different emotions. There are reasons why different lyrical structures work and why rhyme is actually a great thing. And you can, you can use these things to your advantage. And I think where songwriters get hurt is thinking they don't need to pay attention to the structure at all. So that's, that's really the first part is just learning the structure of what works. The second really is having a, 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 a musical mind. We call it musicality um, because some people are really good at writing great lyrics. Like you could read something off of a paper and it would be beautiful. But then when you sing it out in a song or sing it out live in a church, it just doesn't feel good to sing. It doesn't feel good in your mouth. Right. And that's where, you know, a lot of people in, 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 in the, uh, w, the Wilco is, is Wilco. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Probably have a, a good leg up because you have the opportunity to lead these songs on a Sunday and you can see how things feel musically. So understanding and having some degree of musicality is really, really key. And that may seem like such an obvious no-brainer. Like, of course, you got to understand music if you want to be a songwriter. But there are a lot of people out there that are like trying to get into this, not even knowing anything about playing an instrument. Or, you know, they hear a simple song on the radio and it's got four chords and they think, oh, I can do that. But really, the people creating these things, they have a very deep well of musical vocabulary and, and, and lyrical as well. So... So that's the second part. And then the third, the third part we talk about is really just you. Like you are your own secret weapon. You are your own unique angle as a songwriter. Um, I think the best songs come from the most personal places. And we always say that people resonate with what's real, whether it's a worship song or whether it's a, a hip hop track, like people are going to resonate if it's something that has come from your story. So that in and of itself is how I would like to describe a hit song. Again, it's, how you get there is a lot of different ways, but 
every single hit song that I've ever seen really has those three things. Yeah, so good, so good. Okay, one more question or two more, kind of one, but tied into two. What what happens when creativity runs dry? Because all of us creatives, doesn't matter how awesome you are, creativity does run dry. What do you do? Yeah, I co-write. <laughs> yeah. Co-write with people. That's that's like community, collaboration, co-writing. That's usually the answer for everything. Um, if you if you feel stuck, it's not usually because it's some internal, uh, external thing. It's usually internal, and it's really more more us turning it into a discipline. Like if you can put that same day on the on, on the calendar every single week and just show up to do it, just like going to the gym. It sucks. You're gonna hate going, but then you're always glad you did. And it's the same with songwriting. Like there's gonna be days that just suck doing it. Like I I, I got nothing. But then at the end, you always like we were talking about earlier, there's an infinite well of creativity and it just keeps coming. And it's, it's about showing up and really co-writing is great because you can, you can feed off of other people's energy. There's going to be a day that you're going to be inspired. And the other person's not going to be inspired. There's going to be a day that they're going to be on fire and you're going to be dry. It's, it's just like it, you kind of balance it. You balance each other out over time. So I think a lot of people maybe have a fear of, of collaborating and putting their stuff out and co-writing with people but I'd encourage them just, just try it. Like you're going to have some weird combinations and there's going to be people that like, you don't want to write with somebody who's like way further along with you. And you also don't want to write with somebody who you're way further along. So it's, it's about finding people who are kind of at your level. And once you find those, it's just about finding those key people that you can do it with a lot. And I, that's my, that's the answer that I tell everybody. It's just being a part of a community and co-writing. Come on. So good. So practical and so, so true. Um, I noticed on your Instagram, you had a couple of posts and, you know, so you're encouraging, you're equipping, um, but you're also inspiring people on your socials as well. And one of the things that you said, and this obviously came from comparison is a thief of joy, but you said comparison is big, is a, is the bigger killer to your joy. Really like that. And then I really like this. I spoke to my Enneagram eight self. <laughs> Okay. Uh, when you, when you commit to something, uh, commit to it, you know, yeah. when you commit to writing that song, commit to it. You know, when you commit to that dream, commit to it. So good. Yeah, definitely. And I, I love hearing that you're an eight. Fun, funny enough, you should know that all of my favorite co-writing uh, partners are usually Enneagram eights and they're, most of them are females too. Mm. I don't, I don't yeah. know why that is. I just, I've gotten more hits with that combo than yeah. with any other. And there's probably no, there's probably a reason for it, but. Very I, I, encouraging. I love a good you know strong eight. <laughs> you know, when you're in a room with someone and, you know, and I always say Enneagram's a lens, it's not a label. You know, it's really important to know that's not like I'm this and I'm that. But I often ask people, especially like being new in this university environment, because it helps me understand them and it helps me understand how I can help, you know, respond to them. But normally when people find out I'm an eight, I just like hiding under, they're like, oh, <laughs> just like well it's a strong it's a strong personality and and a lot of people have 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 trouble knowing what to make of it but for whatever reason it like i'm a, i'm somewhere between a three and a six like those are my like I, I have like a dead tie between a three and a six and i just love i love the the that i, I can kind of take the back seat when an eight's in the room but in other situations, I can also drive as well. So it's just kind of whatever's needed. 
So good. So good. Okay. So how do we find you? We can find you on Instagram, the Seth Mosley. Um, but how do we find your Academy? Yeah, I would say the best place to start. And, and this, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this just because it kind of piggybacks off a lot of what we talked about today. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we do a lot of it is because we see songwriters coming to us every day that feel like they're failing. They feel like they're, they're struggling to achieve success, whatever that means to them. And so much of it comes down to just not being a part of a community. Like there's a lot of really great courses online. Like there's, there's great communities. Like, like what y'all are doing for worship leaders. It's amazing. Great. But but for songwriters, like there's some stuff out there, but in terms of like things that you can plug into and actually like get heard and listen to and really like level up, there wasn't a lot out there. So that's our big focus right now with the Academy is building a community of songwriters. And uh, we're in the process of launching that right now. It's, it's going to be called the Song Chasers Community. And okay. people can learn about that and get on the wait list for it. Just sign up for free. It's at fullcirclemusic.com slash community. And again, that's the uh, the song chasers community. We're we're networking people together. We're we're doing live trainings. It's not so much about the content, even though the content's going to be great. But it's really about the community and helping people gain connections and have opportunities to co-write, have opportunities to get their songs reviewed and critiqued. And so that's so much of it. So that's again, that's fullcirclemusic.com/community. So good, Seth. Thanks so much. Thanks for the great dialogue and just for everything that you shared and for your heart, you guys get connected with Seth, um, however you can and all the things that we just talked about. And uh, we hope to have you on here again soon. God bless you. Thanks for having me, appreciate it. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you felt encouraged and a little more equipped for the journey you're on this season. If you're interested in weekly mentorship in a small group setting or would like to find more worship resources, check it all out at worshipleaderscollective.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Connect, encourage, and equip. This is what we're all about at Wilco. We go together, not alone. Together, we can help move church forward.